Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weber Beyond the Numbers, Government Impact, where we discuss best practices that lead to success in serving the public. I'm your host, Todd Hoffman. Today, we are talking about data management and things to consider when dealing with data management overload. We're going to discuss steps your organization can take to manage data in ways that support better decision-making and lead to better accountability and transparency around your organization's data. I am thrilled today to be joined by two great leaders, Scott Stern, Head of Product Marketing and Strategy with OneStream, and Morgan Page, Partner of Digital Transformation and Automation at Weaver. These two gentlemen have decades of experience helping organizations solve data management issues using technology. Before we get into our discussion, let me set the table. We're in a world of data overload with transparency and accountability top of mind with agency and government officials. Data management, data visualization to better manage business outcomes and recording to constituents at what I like to call the speed of now has never been more visible. Governments are struggling with how to get accurate data quickly while working in silos and in many cases having to manipulate data using manual tools. There is some good news with all of this. From an investment perspective, there are funds in the infrastructure bill, as well as other grants to support government in modernizing its technology to be more nimble and address the data management and reporting issues many organizations are facing. So let's get into the discussion. Scott, welcome. Where did you get your start working with finance and technology, and how have you seen organizations evolve? over time. Sure. Uh, great to be here uh, with you, uh, Todd and Morgan. And in my start, like many of us, I started as a business analyst, right, on the FP&A side, looking to kind of leverage data so that we can drive the analytic model, do variance reporting, but also work with different lines of business and business partners. And I really took a passion to that in my career, you know, driving organizations using FP&A, not only just as a planning function, but as a function to enable great decision-making and enable great conversation. And if you look at what it takes in order to do that, I've done that for almost 20 years in my career before I got into sales and marketing and the tech side, you have to have a foundation with data. You have to be able to trust the data set that you're working with and leverage that throughout all elements of your process. And if your finance team in any capacity is in a setting where that data is being questioned, you lose confidence immediately. So having that as a foundation was something that stuck with me because without it, you're really not going to be able to do the, the real job of a great finance team, which is to move the business forward, enable fantastic strategic making, drive trust, transparency, and ultimately help drive performance within the organization. Thank you, Scott, and welcome. Great to be here. Morgan. You've been a regular contributor to our industry podcast. Together, we've seen legislative priorities that fall to agency data officers that they have to implement. What specifically have you seen as it relates to the digital transformation within government? Thanks, Todd. Great to be back. I think from what I've seen mostly across this space is a lot of places have really, they've gone digital so that they've transitioned from this old real paper-based world into this digital realm but we really haven't transformed it and got it to that next level to what you were saying about how can I quickly and easily access this information? I was actually just thinking right before this podcast about 
how incredible the Dewey Decimal System with libraries is. You can teach a third grader the Dewey Decimal System in less than a day, and they're able to go immediately to where they need to find just that book they need. I like the example of the Dewey Decimal System. I can definitely relate to it. Uh, let me ask another question to the group. Uh, we've evolved from fax machines to full data warehouses in the span of one career. I remember when I started back in the mid-80s, the fax machine was just coming out. So Scott and Morgan, how do governments adjust to the what I like to call speed of now? Morgan, I'll start with you. I'll tell you, it's tough, Todd. I mean, we're, we're moving so fast and technology is changing so fast that we really have to change this, this paradigm of how we're approaching it. You know, a, a well-constructed, comprehensive data warehouse is a thing of beauty. But creating that, getting those transaction paths put together, that does not happen at the speed of now. And IT resource constraints make it to where that's not just a speed of now, that's maybe a speed of next year. And we need solutions that we can get the answers we need today and really transition that idea of this data warehouse and this integrity focus into this is our high trust environment of recurring repeated things. But we need the ability to really dig in and get answers to questions that we didn't even know to ask. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I, I think Morgan hits it right. I think you know it's important to look at a data warehouse as a tool for IT teams, right? It's a bunch of data. But like, how is that data prepped? How is that data certified? How is that data ready to be leveraged in a financial process, as an example, for, for reporting or planning purposes? That's really important. And a lot of finance teams don't necessarily have the skill set, right? They're just relying on the data warehouses, right? They're like at the end of the line, but they're still not clear. It's not really their data. So if you really want to move to the speed of now, thinking through processes that enable the business, right? The finance teams and put them inside of the data certification process. Understand whether that data is financially intelligent or not. Give them a stake in how that data is loaded and curated and really creating something specific for them. What you're going to do is you're going to drive data ownership. And that data ownership is going to come from those finance teams or, or those program teams at, at the various institutions, et cetera. And they're going to now be able to leverage that data from a source of trust so that they can drive the analytic, drive the process, and not worry so much about the data wrangling. The speed of now has to put this in front of the users, right, at scale and not put them at the end of the line, just as, you know, I call it the deli line, right? Where they're just taking orders. They need to be setting the table in terms of what the data strategy. And so that's a di that's a dynamic shift that we see happening a lot with the market. I'll also throw out and don't take away where it fell. We're never going to win that battle. Yeah. Yeah. And finance teams, you know, they need to be enabled to leverage Excel. But if they can leverage Excel on top of a controlled environment, back to that curation, and they know that they have trust in that data, now they're not worried about different tools and different IT processes and all the debt technically that that creates or other costs, they can focus on doing their job at hand, right? And really focusing on being efficient and driving value for an organization. You know, you use some key words there that I really like, trust, ownership, communicative, uh, we're, and it, or, you know, when you and actionable and accountable are things I kind of took from what you guys were talking about. And I think those are key themes and really a big focus that people are putting on when you're thinking about data. Scott, let me, uh, let me ask you a question. Sure. When we're thinking about ways organizations utilize data, 
from reporting financial compliance to ensuring team accountability. How do we get to data that's truly actionable? Yeah, I think I think the key is you have to embed those processes inside of the different business owners, right? How do you transform that data? Are they ensuring that it's certified, right? Are they playing a role right that? Ensuring that that data has the right financial intelligence so it can be curated. And there's solutions out there. We're one of them, but there, there's solutions out there that make that very seamless for them. Well, if you get to this point of curated data, you feel comfortable about it. And it's not, again, it's not something that's just handed to somebody. You give people empowerment and ownership. Well, now they can leverage that data. And when you have the right tools, not only are you leveraging it as a single source of your truth for maybe your reporting requirements, but you're now leveraging that in with operational relevance. You're now leveraging that for your KPIs. You're now leveraging that obviously for your month end reporting, but clearly for your planning purposes as well. And what's more is the transparency aspect, right? Giving you the ability every single step of the way to drill back or drill through and see where those transactions are come from. What does that do? Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, our, our, you know, the finance people like myself, we love having that access. But what is it really doing? It's allowing you to collaborate. Now, when I have a conversation with a department leader and I want to represent a report, I can point to every single number with trust, with confidence, show them how we got to it and remove the obstacle of data being a question and empower the conversation for data be able to be something we leverage, right? So we can drive the conversation forward. So we see that at scale at one stream. Uh, we think that's a fundamental opportunity and data management, as you talk about, so much more than just the data connection, right? It's so much more than setting up the pipes and moving data around. It's about how you leverage it, how you certify. There's multiple steps in that process to do it well that can't go overlooked. Those are all great points, Scott. Uh, before I get into the next question, I want to talk briefly when we think of technology. And I found in kind of my experiences, we also, a, lot of, a lot of organizations kind of forget about change management. Change management is a very big part, as we all know, of any successful technology transformation. Communicating with organizations as to why the change is needed, how the change will impact the end user, and the value of the change to the end user to be able to do their job faster, better managing data, and, and with accurate information is key. So our views around communication and change management is it should be done at the beginning and often. In my experience, you have to get to the end user involved from the beginning in the transformation journey to help understand the change and actually have that change stick. So Morgan, I want to ask you a question. We talk about the need for new processes in data management and the challenges of current ERP systems. Change is tough and the appetite for technology system changes is low, but we forget the challenges of the pandemic and the agility needed in the face of those types of challenges. How do the tools we're discussing allow for greater agility within an organization? Sure, Todd. Uh, I think kind of it starts with talking from that digital transformation space and recognizing that this is going to look different for every organization. Every organization's needs are going to be slightly adjusted. And so if, if you take a blue chip digital transformation and compare it to a mid-market, they're not going to work together and it's not going to meet the needs and it's going to stall out. And so you need solutions that are adaptive and responsive and really facilitate 
that change in the business and are flexible enough to also meet the need of, of that business. I'd also say focus on where you are, right? Look at your, your solutions from a perspective of, I already have these fantastic schedules that do 90% of what we need, but maybe we need a way to bring that in, share it and collaborate it in conjunction with our applications. And so looking at your solutions for really being able to, to bring all of that information together, and that's that flexibility and agility component. I loved your point about change management. One of the things that I think about too in that space is that I call it the human, uh, human centric change management process, right? So we yep. put in a new application and it has these fantastic features. It is going to be revolutionary, but our entire user group still using an abacus on the side. And so we really need to have this focus on not only rolling it out, deploying it, making sure it's technically functional and meets the needs of our, our, user base from a criteria perspective, but have that human change management focused on adoption. And I like how you said early and often, right? It doesn't stop on the deployment. It's six months, 12 months later, you're still engaging and understanding how to engage with your people to really drive that recognition. Scott? Yeah, I think it's a great point. I, I use a real technical term sometimes with this, like don't get lost in the sauce. You know, it's so easy, it's so easy to like, get really excited about the technology and think holistically about what this can do, but you're going to lose your user base. So what I always say is start with, you know, you know, think big, but start small. What are very specific things that you can do to move the needle, you know, drive kind of trust, build that credibility, demonstrate to your business partners that you're able to execute that. You're able to scale that. You're able to, and, and not only a one-time thing, right? What happens to one-time things? They become science projects. So can you do it day in and day out and rely on that and bang on that process, right? Through your change. And if you can do that, now it's time to leverage that and move to what's next. And every single step of the way that you do that, what are you going to do? You're going to provide more trust. People are going to trust you the next time. They're going to have more confidence with the next technology that you want to put in or think through or process change, but they're also going to take you to account and you're going to earn that spot as a business partner over time. And what will happen is the more you interact, the more you create that leverage. Now, all of a sudden people are asking for you to be part of the conversation. People are asking for the technology to be part of the answer. And that approach, what that does is it drives ongoing yield and ROI into that investment when more people are leveraging the same process. So don't get lost in the sauce. Think big, it's absolutely important to have that strategy in mind, but execute small, right? Win at, at the tactical level, right? We're all kind of in that data and, and analytic and financial space. The details matter and you got to get it right. And your organization as you're going through change is no different. So that's my feedback on that. Yeah, Scott, it's, it's well said. I mean, I think, you know, too many people try to do the big bang, right? And it's really, there's lots of low hanging fruit. And what you want to do when you're doing any type of technology implementation is you want to create momentum and you want to create momentum. And while you're doing so, you want the end user to see the benefits of the technology that you're implementing. And you want the organization to see the benefits as it relates to why the technology was put in place. I want to thank you both for the discussion today and stay tuned for our next podcast. 
As I stated, where we'll take a deeper dive on how technology can help you better manage your data and reporting. I am Todd Hoffman.